You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Happy Monday, everybody. This episode brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Today's uh, episode is going to focus mostly on another one of Williamson's offseason spreadsheets. This time we're looking at per drive statistics, points per drive, drives per game, and how that results into touchdowns per game, score percentage, touchdown percentage, a lot of different stats here on this spreadsheet to go over. Really some efficiency numbers with some teams, and it kind of ties into what we had talked about with plays per game uh, last week on the podcast a little bit of news to get into here really quick and another one of our members of the all pro free agent team matt has found work and that is and not surprising this would have been probably the number one pick in that draft uh uh, offensive tackle morgan moses signs to a one-year deal with the new york jets so uh joe douglas doing a lot of work and since joe douglas took over the jets he's put in a ton of resources into the offensive line, now adds a veteran offensive tackle in Morgan Moses. Yeah, we've heard some speculation about this one for a little while, so it's not a huge shock. But he's a great and similar player to Makai Becton. You know, Compliment is a really powerful player, pure right tackle in the conventional sense. He started a lot of games, reliable, not super light on his feet, but more than gets the job done. All of a sudden, they have a pretty respectable line. And I'm curious, because I was asked this a bunch, the Steelers just signed Trey Turner, and I, and the Steelers have a ton of cap space next year, as do the Jets. I was asked a couple times, why not sign these guys to two-year deals now while the getting's good? And my hunch is, if you're a guy like Turner or Moses, you probably don't want to sign a two-year deal right now. You'd rather put a, a solid season on tape and then get a little bump, maybe even from the same team after the year. Absolutely. I I think we're going to see a ton of those one-year contracts over the course of the next. And and we're actually just about exactly a month from players showing up and in training camp starting. So over the course of this next month, I'm sure we're going to see a ton of those one-year contracts because guys aren't going to get the the money that they want, and they're not going to tie themselves into a bad long-term deal. They'd rather uh, you know, show their stuff, one-year tryout, and cash in next year when a lot more teams have a lot more money and especially in 2023 and teams can look ahead and start to backload contracts and things are you know off and running We've got fans in the seats and everything so that just makes a ton of sense so here's especially what if you're a guy like those that are clearly the starter like you're yes. walking into a starting gig it's right. not like you're fighting for the job you know as long as you stay healthy you're gonna put a lot of tape out there yeah or even like a high-end role player that wants to walk into 2022 a starting role if they play really well too and so mm-hmm. maybe you would just have more value period no matter what the salary cap situation is around the league but morgan moses yeah walks into a starting job here and so you look at the jets offensive line depth chart here you got makai beck in the first rounder at left tackle who's a beast You've got Elijah Vera Tucker, who they moved up to get this year as your starting left guard. So really young, talented tandem on the left side to build around. You have Morgan Moses now, the veteran on the right side at right tackle, replacing what would have probably been, what, George Fant, I think, starting at, yeah. at right tackle. and I think he'll be the sixth guy a lot. He used to yeah. do that a lot in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's, that's a good fit there because then now you have depth. Now you have a better starter and better depth, and you have a swing tackle there, and there has been some injury problems with Mekhi Becton, so we might see all three of those guys playing at some point this year. 
year. Connor McGovern uh, at center. Greg Van Roten. You've got Alex yeah, Lewis there. Edoga, Dan Feeney, Connor McDermott. Uh, they drafted a couple other. I think they had a couple other free agents there that are filling in. So some depth and some competition there, and uh, really starting to and look protect your young quarterback. And they yeah. spent on receivers. They spent on offensive line. Zach Wilson, not a bad landing spot there for the New York Jets. And you haven't been able to say that about a New York Jets quarterback for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not defending Sam Darnold, but I'm sure he's looking at that situation like I wouldn't have mind falling into that with, with the ability to grow and even add more a year from now and whatnot. Um, I do think it'll be at least an average line. I think it'll be at least an average group of pass catchers. I don't really care about the running back situation. It's not great, but who cares? I mean, that's good enough for now. They'll probably get to get one a year from now. I think Wilson's in a, a, a position to succeed. I mean, I'm not saying he's like the league on fire or be rookie of the year or anything like that, but uh, they've built a young core around him and it makes a lot of sense. I want to tease something really quick before we get into your spreadsheet here, Matt. And this was a question. So by the way, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, that's how you tag us and get involved in our Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. We have a question that's going to go too long for our Tuesday episode. So we'll probably do this on you know Wednesday or Thursday. And it was a question from a listener, Jerry, who said, uh, slow time topic for you. Please list a current Pro Bowl type of roster with only day three picks. So day three all pro team as we did like with the uh the free agent all pro team i think we got to do a day three draft pick only all pro team coming up and there's a lot of really good ones this is going to be a lot easier than the free agent all pro team yeah i like it it's a really good idea it just takes a little bit of prep work which we haven't done yet and you know it won't be that difficult quick question for you on that rules undrafted free agents i say no i think we have to go to they have to be drafted. That's yep. what the question was. Yep, the question was drafted and undrafted. Yep. Half the league is undrafted free agents. That's another one right. we could do, and that's also a very good team. But day three picks, no, which which actually there's a lot fewer to choose from than undrafted free agents. Now that I think about it, uh, yeah, four, five, six, seven. Day three yep. picks only. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be looking into that late this week. But that brings me oh. to a topic I wanted to bring up. Hold on, is... Matt. Matt, hold on, hold on one second. Oh. Sorry to interrupt you. I just thought about something. The draft not didn't used to be three days. So a sixth-round pick in, say, around the year 2000, that was a day-two pick. Oh, like the 199th pick overall? Right. Perhaps? So, for example, if there was a quarterback that was a future Hall of Famer that won seven Super Bowls that was drafted in the sixth round in 2000, he was a day-two pick. That's when the sixth round was happening back then, not day three. So he is not eligible for our team. Doesn't count. Doesn't Ooh. count. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And not the ruffle feathers. I still would have taken Dak Prescott over Brady. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a good debate. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, because we're built. Well, ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter anymore now that I think about it. But yeah, uh, that's that would have been a good conversation there. So now it's it becomes new. So I think we know who our quarterback is going to be. And just one little nugget before we get to the spreadsheet. I'm really keeping an eye open for last year's rookie class, particularly day three guys. And even the class before that, as well as some undrafted free agents that hung around that didn't make much of an impact last year. I think, you know, if we do our day three all pro team, you know, this week, and then we do it again a year from now, I bet we have more influx of day three candidates than ever, because I think a lot of these guys didn't really get enough time to prove to coaches hey, I can be a really good special teamer, so therefore I get a hat on game day, and then you don't know what happens. You know, like last year's offseason, I think, really hurt 
a couple hundred players that we, none of us have great evals on. We've mentioned that, like with Jordan Love's the best example. I mean, he if you're if you are judging Jordan Love, unless you are a Packer, you know, guy that sees practice, you're judging him off college tape. And I feel like I'm doing that with a lot of players right now, and I can't wait for that to change. Do you think that the last year will help or hurt roster bubble players more because they lost a really big opportunity to prove something last offseason and maybe you know it's just forgotten now you got a whole new group of young players coming in and maybe they lost a big opportunity to show something to their teams or do you think it helps that they had uh, an extra year of incubation and didn't put any bad tape out there and now can come in as if they're a rookie but they've got one year of experience in the NFL both. I mean, I think their circumstances hurt their career path no matter what. You know, I mean, they just had it tougher than everybody else. Uh, and I'm sure teams took the incumbent as opposed to the guy that they didn't know enough about because they couldn't spend enough time with them. However, I do think this rookie class as a whole, not specific players, stinks. You know, a lot of teams didn't even bring in that many undrafted free agents this year because the pool was so shallow, you know. That they re-sign guys that were one, two-year veterans, things like that. So I, I think once you get out of like the fifth round or so, pretty much everybody this year that were rookies were undrafted free agents. And it was just a shallower group of quality prospects. Much more of a crapshoot. And so that means yeah. opportunities for some failure with teams and draft picks that are high and some opportunities for some later picks to be diamonds in the rough and be some real gems so that's also yeah and then as you mentioned the the whole class from last year that didn't get a preseason it's gonna be fun this is gonna be a fun preseason of only three games and seeing how teams navigate a three game preseason and how much they play their starters how much they play the young guys because you don't get that fourth game where the roster bubble guys just play the entire game anymore matt williamson's spreadsheet is growing we're talking offensive per drive statistics today points per drive drives per game coming up Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, full swing, there's something there all season long, all summer long to bet on, but we've got NHL and NBA playoffs happening. Always super fun to bet on as the summer gets started. UFC, MMA action, we've got golf tournaments, we've got horse racing. There's no end to things. You can bet on at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Reality TV, award shows, you name it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams are in their playoff runs head to the website or use your mobile device sign up today betonline.ag to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit use promo code locked on that's promo code locked on for 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts here we go matt i see some similarities already with the last spreadsheet we looked into that was plays per game and we were talking about how some teams were efficient some teams ran a lot of plays some teams ran fewer plays now we're looking at offensive per drive statistics breaking it down instead of per game we're talking per drive so we've got uh, points per drive drives per game offensive touchdowns per game how some of those things correlate uh is there anything else you want to add to this to preface this spreadsheet before we get into it not so much. Uh, and this one isn't startling, but there are some numbers that I thought really stood out. And if I sort this by points per drive, which is basically the, the biggest thing I was looking for whenever I started digging into this, 
these teams are between two and a half and three points per drive, which is a really, really good number. Starting at Baltimore, 2.61, then Vegas, Seattle, New Orleans, Tampa, KC, Tennessee, and Buffalo. Tennessee and Buffalo are right under three point points per drive. So that's really good numbers for those teams. Vegas may have shocked some people that they're in there. However, like I said, they're all under three. Green Bay is at 3.22. I mean, they're like a quarter of a point better than the whole league in terms of points per drive. And their efficiency numbers last year continue to amaze me, really. Their efficiency is crazy. And when we were looking back at the uh, snaps per game stuff and Green Bay stuck out like a sore thumb with how few plays yeah. they ran both offensively and defensively in a game, yet how good they were. And so it was like, okay, the efficiency must have been off the charts. And this spreadsheet really illustrates that efficiency, 3.22 points per drive, which is just far and away better than it's anybody crazy, else yeah. in the NFL. Right, right. So I know we don't have a ton of time. I just want to touch on a couple of these other ones. The worst ones, these were all at 1.75 points per game or worse. Washington, Denver, the Giants, Jacksonville, and then Phillies at 1.67 points per drive. However, the bottom feeder is almost as impressive as the top feeder, Green Bay. The Jets, like I said, Philly's second worst at 167. The Jets are at 136. I mean, dismal. I mean, even a bigger gap than between one and two. And, you know, that kind of goes with the Morgan Moses conversation we had to start this show. I think that'll get a lot better. Unbelievable. <laughs> One point so bad. Six, like just, uh, and, and you would think like, oh, what's point three zero on this list? I mean, that's a ton. That's a ton. Per drive. A lot of drives. How many drives do you see per game? How many drives do you see per season? And you, when you're talking points, I mean, that's just abysmal. That's terrible. And a lot of the stuff we look at here, there's outliers and there's like, oh, this team plays a certain way. So it's like this. And this team plays a certain way. So it's like this. So they're higher or lower than you would expect, even though they're a good sure. team. Baltimore. This list is like straight up. The teams in the green are playoff teams and really good. You got both teams from the Super Bowl in there. The teams in the red were the top 10 draft picks and we're bad teams and we're terrible. And so like this one really, this is actually a stat that I think we should see more as points per drive because it just illustrates how good teams were almost just point blank period. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of mirages in that group, or you can explain it away differently. And, you know, frankly, a lot of, it also shows that the league is not, you know, if you're a defensive-driven team winning games 13-9, that doesn't, there's not any of those in this group. There is some things in the group when you look at the second column here, and if there's anything else you want to highlight in, in column one, column two no. illustrates a few things with teams that, their defense gave the ball back to that efficient offense quite often. And then now you're really cooking, right? If your offense is efficient, you're getting a lot of points per drive. And on top of it, you're getting a lot of points or a lot of drives per game. Well, now you're putting a ton of points on the board. Yeah. And there wasn't really any of those that really stood out. I mean, so all these teams averaged over 11 and a half drives per game. Washington, Arizona, the Rams, the Steelers, the Cowboys, San Francisco, and then Denver and Philly were the only two over a dozen drives per game. And they just didn't make them count at all. I mean, they had opportunities and their points per drive were really low. Some of these other numbers are really low for Denver and Philly. So they got the ball in their hands and didn't do much with it. The, the fewest drives per game 
These are all under 10 and a half. That's Houston, Cleveland, Buffalo, KC, Giants, Carolina, and then Green Bay and New England were both under 10 drives per game, which goes back to our plays thing with Green Bay. Very few drives, very few plays, ridiculous efficiency. Held the ball a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I would think that this would point to their defenses maybe not holding up their end of the bargain as much as their offenses, too, yeah. in those cases. Remarkable efficiency. I know they have crazy numbers. Like, I think they set the record for fewest punts in a season. I mean, with all respect to Rodgers and LaFleur, that probably won't keep up. I mean, even if he comes back happy as could be. Yeah, I mean, when you're this much of an outlier, even if right. you play well, there's some things that are come back down to earth and, and, and regulate a little bit. And who knows, maybe even play better defense and and have more drives per game. And so you have a chance to have more offense total, but just not quite as efficient offensively. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so couple, let's get these other quick columns. I mean, uh, one, there, one, one other yeah, thing yeah, I ahead. want to point out real quick, and I mentioned how all the teams in the green, all the teams that had uh, really efficient points per drive were really good. There's one exception there, which was Las Vegas. They weren't a terrible team, but they, you know, they don't belong in the category with Buffalo, Green Bay, sure. Kansas City, Tampa, you know, even New Orleans and Baltimore. So uh, I did yeah. want to point out there was one somewhat outlier there, uh, even though Las Vegas had a better offensive season than they had. Uh, in in recent history under John Gruden. Um, And then on the other side, a couple of notes you made about Washington and Denver. Those teams played really well on defense, and their offense just flat-out let them down. they got to get better quarterback play, and neither team did all that much at the quarterback position, so it might be more of the same for those two franchises. Maybe more of the same. You're 100% right. Uh, And and Philly shocked me a little bit, too, because they had a lot of drives per game and did very little with it. So I guess that's not super surprising with all their turnovers and all their (laughs) sacks. And You know, right. I think that tells the story of why what happened there in the offseason happened. Absolutely. So column number three is what percentage of the of your drives did you produce points? You know, I mean, it, it could be a field goal, it could be a, a touchdown, whatever. And there were, what, five teams that produced points at 50% or better. And that was Tennessee, Kansas City, Tampa, Green Bay and Buffalo. So Green Bay wasn't even at the top of that list. They were second to Buffalo, but that's pretty darn good. I mean, if I give you a drive and you score points on half of them and it's all the way up to 54% for Buffalo, that's pretty darn strong. And a lot of correlation between score percentage and points per drive, even though the order is slightly different. Good offenses were on the field a long time, put up points a lot of the time, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, and ended up getting a lot of points per drive. But well, it was uh, Buffalo that led this category. Yeah, though. they won that one. Interesting. Points okay. per drive. So. And they were second in the other category in points per drive. So. And they had an amazing season, too. Like right. I, We shouldn't overshadow what they did with what Green Bay did. But here's the worst in the league. These teams only scored points of any sort under 35% of their drives. Cincy, Denver's at 33.8. Jacksonville's at 30, a little over 30%. And then the Eagles, which we just talked about, are second worst at 28% of their drives. And the Jets were at 26.7% of their drives produce points. I mean, one out of four drives produce points. It's dismal. I know that there was so few punts for the Green Bay Packers this year, but just looking at these numbers for the New York Jets, they had to set a record for the most punts, right? Had to. I mean, maybe had at to. least modern day NFL, like over the last decade. I'm trying to look actually right now for uh punts per team and i'm only seeing the green bay number 
might need a minute to find the rest of that, but I mean, it's yeah. just like, come I on. mean, I remember like the Arizona team that earned the number one pick to draft Kyler Murray was like this bad offensively too. Josh Rosen was thrown to the wolves that his rookie year. Um, that was as bad as you'll find. Okay. But here we go. I've oh, got, you found it? uh, punt attempts per game in 2020, New York jets by far the most 5.1 punts per wow. game. Uh, second was Pittsburgh 4.7. Really? That surprised me a little bit. Interesting. I think maybe a game script, Pittsburgh saying, look, let's win it with our defense. Let's just punt it back and, and get the ball back and try it again. <laughs> and yeah, we, so we were the Steelers on the uh, the score percentage in the points per drive right in the middle, right? Yeah, they are right in the middle. Okay. It surprised me a little, but the more I think about it, I think Tomlin was a little more conservative on fourth and shorts than he had been. Didn't trust a running game to get a yard. They were terrible in fourth and third and short. And I think they trusted their defense more. So when in doubt, they punted, which analytics folks won't like. And we are not done. There are more columns to this spreadsheet. Let's talk touchdown percentage. Who was putting the ball in the end zone at the highest and worst rates in 2020? Trying to get back into shape and something that always fits into any diet I'm trying to do can give me energy throughout the day, can be a little snack, can be a meal replacement if I need it to be high in protein, low in sugar. That's the key. It's what you're looking for in a healthy snack and you can find them at builtbar.com. High protein, low sugar, low calorie snack. You can feel good about and taste fantastic. No skimping on flavor when it comes to Built Bar's they're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? You can't see what he's looking at. He's looking at this screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Then you got to come back and wait for the part to even get there. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket with an endless supply of everything you need for your vehicle. I'm always blown away at how much they have in stock at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Just let them know that Locked On sent you, right? Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Column four, what do we got? These are similar, but it is the touchdown percentages. So, you know, obviously a touchdown is worth six, seven, and eight points 
compared compared to any sort of score. So these teams were under 20% of their drives were resulted in touchdowns. Washington, Cincy, Denver, the Giants, and of course our favorite Jets at the bottom at 14.5% of their drives ended up as touchdowns. Really, really bad. Those were all under 20%. The best ones, these ones are 34% or better. KC, New Orleans, Tampa, Buffalo, Tennessee comes in at 37.5%. They're second. And here's the most stunning fact on the whole spreadsheet, though, is if Tennessee is scoring a touchdown on 37.5% of their drives, the Packers were like five percentage points better. They're just under 43%. I mean, so much more. Think of how many points that is just from one to two on 10 drives per game or so. I'm scoring touchdowns at 5% more than anyone else in the league. And that's why you see that's where it is. Green Bay yep. so far ahead on points per drive, but uh, maybe in second place to to Buffalo on scoring percentage. Because even though Buffalo got points just a tick more often than Green Bay, Green Bay was getting touchdowns and Buffalo was getting field goals on some of those drives. So uh, that's absurd. Forty two, almost forty three percent of your drives end in touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. So, and then this kind of just sums it up, but I mean, it is offensive touchdowns per drive or per game, per game. So this is a, a not per drive stat, but this is just how many touchdowns were you producing per game? And I have one, two, three, four of them at three and a half or more. Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tennessee, Minnesota, Seattle, and Kansas City all just missed. But the Packers are at four touchdowns per game. The next best is 3.75. I mean, the ability to put the ball in the end zone, again, with all respect to those guys, will not probably be duplicated next year. I mean, is Robert Tanyan going to catch eight touchdowns again? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't see it being repeatable. Yeah, I keep looking at this list, and as amazing as it was with Green Bay's efficiency and how awesome they were on offense, I'm just – mystified about how bad the Jets were. How did they even so win bad. the game? How, how did they not earn the number one pick in the draft? That is amazing. Yeah. They are the worst in every single category here by a lot. Uh, the 14%. So think about that, just the touchdown percentage. So, so bad. The percentages right. of your drives that you score a touchdown. Green Bay at a 43% clip. The Jets at a 14% clip. 14% clip of times, you know, because everybody's going to get drives. If your defense stinks, you're going to get the ball. If your defense is great, you're going to get the ball. You know, so the yeah, the drive per game number isn't that much different. You know, some of them are, you know, slightly under 10. Some are close to 12, but they're not remarkably different. It's not like the Jets aren't getting drives. They got 11 and a half drives per game, which is right in the middle of the league. Mm -hmm. Just did nothing with them. It's amazing. And looking at those punting numbers, too, actually the Jets improved from 5.4 punts per game to 5.1 in 2020. Wow. Uh, and looking at the list of punts from 2019 and from 2020, the Jets had the two worst numbers on that list for both years. So 5.4 and 5.1 oh, wow. were the worst by any team in both seasons, 2020 and 2019. So for Jets wow. fans, this is not us piling on the Jets. This is us saying, good job. You finally got the boat pointed in the <laughs> right direction. Got a new right, regime right. there. Joe Douglas doing big things. You got bookend tackles. You got a young quarterback that's super talented. Uh, you got some playmakers now on offense and uh, some talent on the defensive side of the ball maybe it's not your year to go win the AFC East but this is a team that should improve a lot just by being not horrifically not bad yeah. it just 
It just, I mean, chances of them being the absolute garbage worst by a long stretch is slim, in my opinion. I mean, unless Wilson's a total flop, they don't have any other quarterbacks in the building of note, really. But it's also not exactly a ringing endorsement for Panther fans with Darnold. I know he didn't have much around him, and I'm a Darnold defender, yeah. but a lot of these are tar- turnovers by Dar- uh, Darnold, too. They're not all punts. Darnold has to make an amazing about face because he was in like his situation was awful. So, you know, do you give him a complete pass? You just kind of, I don't know, let's see. And he'll be a fascinating storyline this season, but he was bad. He was straight up bad in every metric. You know, if you try to isolate him from the rest of the team, Sam Darnold did not play well and was seeing ghosts and all that. Uh, Let's, let's see how that looks for the Carolina Panthers. There's potential. The teams like the Panthers and the Broncos are sitting there a year from now thinking, why the hell did we pass on those quarterbacks in the top 10? We were sitting there and they were right there for the taking. And we went with these mediocre quarterbacks and now we're in the market again for a quarterback. So we'll see how that turns out. But Darnold was atrocious. Everything going on with the Jets was atrocious. And it's funny because there's some Jets fan in their car right now listening to this podcast, fist bumping like, yes, we're not going to be the worst garbage team in the (laughs) NFL anymore. (laughs) Third year in a row. So along those lines, and again, this isn't going to make the Jets look good. Offensive touchdowns per game. I mentioned that there are five of them that are averaging three and a half more, three and a half or more touchdowns per game, and Green Bay's at four. Well, these teams are the bottom ones. You know, these are all 2.19 or worse. Carolina, who we just mentioned, Denver, Washington, Jacksonville, the Bengals and, and Patriots only averaged two offensive touchdowns per game. I mean, that's half of what Green Bay did. And the two New York teams come in at 1.56 touchdowns per game. I mean, whoa. I mean, that startles me a little with the Giants. They're not as bad in the, as the Jets in any category but this one, but they're pretty much red across the board, too. That's amazing. So the Jets did have finally company at the bottom of this portion of the spreadsheet, and it was the other New York team, the New York Giants. That's yeah, but oh, they're a distant gosh, last in by all. a lot. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look at this one. <laughs> I didn't realize how far bet down these two teams are on this. Neither none right. of the, none of the teams in the league had less than two. Right, and they're at one point five six. Wow! I mean, a whole half a touchdown per game less than the whole league. Hideous. Pretty. Amazing. And I, I think the Giants will be better too, but their line worries me. I don't have a lot of hopes for the Giants, man. Uh, to be no. honest, I. They need a new GM and a new quarterback, uh, which come together, a package deal. Is that 2022? I just, I'm not a believer, and I could be wrong. And look, we're sitting here on June 28th, 2021. Feel free to at me, at BD Peacock on Twitter if you're a Giants fan and, and you believe I'm wrong, and, and quote me on this and hold it over my head. Uh, the Giants aren't going to turn around until they got a new GM that probably picks a new quarterback. I just, I, I'm not a believer in what Gettleman is building over there, even though they should be improved. And everybody looks improved this time of year. I think their defense is legit. I think, you know, moving on from Zeitler and not doing a lot on the offensive line is something they'll regret. I mean, I would have went that direction instead of Kadarius Tony, you know, something like that. But they do have an extra first-round pick from a year from now. Unlike Darnold, I wasn't a Daniel Jones believer coming out of college. If I had to give you one of those two for the year, who do you want? Uh, which two again? Daniel Jones and who? And Darnold. I and mean, they both led the worst <laughs> offensive team. <laughs> oh, I would probably give, I'd give it up Darnold a shot, I guess. I think Darnold's more talented. Yeah. I've seen more flashes from Darnold. So let's yes. you know, maybe crash and burn. Maybe you get something. I don't know. 
His bad things, though, might never be corrected. Yeah, and he threw a lot of interceptions in college, too, so it's not like High he school, showed, right. yeah, not like he showed up in the NFL and saying, oh, wow, where are these uh, turnovers coming from? Yeah, exactly. But Jones' pocket presence to me is really poor, too. I mean, the fumbles in the pocket, not feeling the rush, those type of things, I don't know if they'll ever get better. Yeah, we talked a lot about um, Mac Jones in this NFL draft, and I thought he was a late one, early second round type of a prospect. I mm-hmm. liked him more than Daniel Jones coming out. I was blown away that Daniel Jones went as high as he did. Yeah. He was the, the Mac Jones of that draft. Um, I just didn't see those qualities, and, and I still haven't yet in the NFL level, but we'll see. He's got time. He's still a young quarterback, and, and so is Sam Darnold. Yeah, but I almost feel like they're both at career crossroads, too. You know, the oh, Giants. Huge year. Yeah, big time. I mean, is is, is Carolina going to be patient with Darnold a second year after a bad one? No way. Not in that organization. They'll be after Watson or somebody like that still. And New York, two first-round picks next year. If they, you know, plenty around him weapons-wise. If he doesn't you know, produce this year, he's going to be on team two. Fun stuff. I love dipping into these spreadsheets you got going in the offseason, Matt. Uh, if you have any questions on these, team-specific, anything else going on in the NFL, off-topic, whatever, this is this is late June. This is the dead part of the season. So uh, there's there's no subject that's off-limits here for our Twitter Absolutely. Tuesday tomorrow, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. Get your questions in, and we'll talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.